finally happened. Jim Beheim will no longer be the head coach at Syracuse University after 47 seasons. And it even dates back longer than that. Jim Beheim was a player at Syracuse. He was an assistant coach and, of course, a head coach. And, you know, for me, there's a lot to discuss. First, I want to give him his due because, you know, what he did for, you know, he, he was at Syracuse for, what, six almost 60 years. Yeah, 60 years. That That's just unheard of to be at the same place as well, where he was there as a player from 63 to 66, an assistant from 69 to 76, and then a head coach from 76 to 2023. And believe he ends up vacated or not. And, and, the, and the vacated wins is a bit ridiculous, but believe he was the second, he had the second most wins in the history of uh, the NCAA behind Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. So, you know, Beheim he wins the one national championship. And if he hadn't won that, I think that that would have, you know, that would have been something that he would have had to have really stuck with and unfairly or not when you, when you would have thought Jim Bayon, you would have thought, Oh, never won, but he did win. Thanks to Carmelo Anthony, mainly Carmelo Anthony, who's, you know, really one of the greatest NBA players, you know, in, in the history of the league. And, you know, Carmelo as a freshman, of course, Jerry McNamara as well. And uh, Hakeem Warwick, they, you know, basically get Beheim his title in, in 2003. So he has that. And, you know, he accomplished everything that he had to accomplish. Like, it was it was time. And what he means to that city, what he means to Syracuse is really, you know, he's one of the most important people. I mean, he really is. He is treated kind of like a god up there. He, he really is. And... So now at the age of 78, he, he, he retires. I, I'm not sure whether to term a retirement. It, it feels like it was a mutual thing, to be honest. I, like, you know, I'm reading that, that he retired. And, and I think that there's validity to that. I, I do think that John Wildhack and company probably wanted to go in a different direction. And so now Adrian Autry takes over as head coach. Autry was a player at Syracuse in the early 90s. And has been an assistant under Beheim since 2011. So there's a lot to discuss there as well in terms of that decision. And it's not a surprise that they stayed in house. And would I have loved for, you know, for them to go somewhere else and go outside the program? Yes, that, that would have been my preference, but I understand it. And it was really between Autry and, McNam- and Jerry McNamara. And they went with Autry, who, again, like Autry McNamara were on Beheim staff around the same time. McNamara was, uh, I'm not sure what his title was. He wasn't an assistant. He was less than an assistant for a f- couple of years and then was elevated as an assistant coach. This was around the time, this was after Bernie Fine, who, you know, there was that sexual abuse allegations. Bernie Fine, who had been with Beheim, uh, I think from the beginning, and, you know, obviously he was like, oh, Mike Hopkins was supposed to be the successor. Hopkins, who was basically at, at, uh, the same era as Adrian Autry, maybe a year earlier, like 
Hopkins was a Syracuse player maybe a, a year before, a year or two before Autry. And Hopkins was seen as the successor. He was an assistant at Syracuse for 20 years and took over for Bayheim when, you know, during the 15-16 uh, season when Bayheim was suspended for nine games. And the ne- and he stuck around the next year as well. But then when Bayheim decided that he was going to stay, Hopkins took a job at Washington and has been there ever since. And we'll see how long Hopkins – I mean, it doesn't really matter now. I mean, I guess they could circle back on it at a future date. But, you know, I guess you kind of feel bad for Hopkins because it seemed like that was going to be his job. Didn't happen. Didn't work out that way. And so Adrian Autry is the man. And I think – in terms of retention, it's probably a good thing, right? The Syracuse is a lot of freshmen, a lot of young players. And so it's good for the program in terms of maybe keeping some of those players, being familiar with Autry. We'll see what it means in terms of recruitment. We'll see what it means. In, like, it could help. It might help as far as bringing in some new players, but it might hurt. Look, you know, Jim Beheim is obviously a brand name. So I can't say I know how that's going to go. And and how will the coaching style be? I mean, I, I like what it will mean in terms of just from a coach to player. Forget about X's and O's. Just in terms of I think Autry will be able to relate more to, to his you know players. Bayon was an old school coach. He was, you know, really, really tough on his players. And, and it made for very interesting like uh, press conferences. I'll say that. But – you know, it, it was Bayon was was just becoming more and more out of touch, and hopefully Autry can bridge that gap and can help with some of his players. So that that's the Autry side of things, and we'll see how he does. Look, for me, the next coach after Autry, I would hope it's outside of the program, but we'll we'll have to see. Look, that's that could be way down the line. Maybe it won't be way down the line. And what makes me – what I think about is Jerry McNamara. I'm going to assume that McNamara stays on the staff, but you have to wonder whether he decides to go elsewhere. But my inclination would be that he would stay. And, again, I don't know – I don't think I'd want McNamara to be the next head coach, but that is presumptuous at best. And so we'll see what, what Autry does. Now let's let's circle back with Beheim. This – it was – I don't want to say long overdue, but I am – this is a good day. It really is a good day. On a day where Syracuse loses in the AC tournament to Wake Forest, it's just a classic, I'm sorry, a classic Bayheim loss. It, it really was where, you know, Syracuse just, they can't get it done at the end. A game in which, you know, really, in context of the last possession that Syracuse had, most teams at worst get, to, get that to overtime. And, and in most cases, win it. Syracuse loses it in regulation. And so just from an X's and O's standpoint, it just I, I'm not really sure what Beheim was bringing to the table in recent years. That patented 2-3 zone really just – it just hasn't been a thing anymore. Look, it, it, it was obviously very successful for a very long time, but just – I feel like Beheim just didn't have – you know, in his bag of tricks, I just feel like it was limited. And look, he knows a lot more than I do, but I just feel like he, a change was needed. A change was absolutely needed. And it's interesting that he didn't leave when his sons left last season. You would have thought that that would have been a time where I will leave with Jimmy and Buddy. But he didn't. He stuck around one more year. And, you know, he kind of sheds some light on that in, the, in his presser, the postgame presser today, that, you know, I, I guess he felt 
like it was the right thing to do because you know the new players coming in, like he told them that he'd be their head coach. So I guess he felt he feels like he filled that obligation. I'm sure there was more that went into it. And honestly, if this year went better, I definitely think that Bayheim would have been here next season. I really think that. I don't think I don't think he knew. I don't think the university knew. But as the season transpired, like this was this was what it was. I, I want to touch on Bayheim's career, mainly in the in the scope of my fandom, which really begins which I, I would consider it beginning in the would it have been 99-2000 or 2000-2001? When did they lose to Hawaii? In oh No, not lose to Hawaii. Beat Hawaii and lose to Kansas, I believe it was. Might have been 2000-2001. Let me just confirm. Yes, 2000-2001. So my fandom really dates back to Preston Shumpert, and Damone Brown and Deshaun Williams, of course, Queth Dwayne, who was a senior on the 03 championship team. So I, I've seen, you know, this team from before, you know, that they won. Um, and they were, you know, they were good at that time. But look, 02, the year before they won the championship, they they were an NIT team. They did not make the NCAA tournament. And so 2003 ends up being Beheim's crowning achievement, he wins the national championship. And, you know, that was unexpected. And that was a really mainly because of Carmelo Anthony, Jerry McNamara, Hakeem Warwick as a sophomore. And their number, McNamara and Warwick's numbers were just retired this past Sunday. But, you know, you have that. And, and, there's, and there's a good amount of success in the mid-2000s. The mid-2000s, you have a couple of Big East when, when Syracuse was in the Big East, and I, and, I'm, and we'll we'll touch on that chronologically, um, but Syracuse in the mid two thousands, what what you think about is a couple of really nice Big East championships, which they won in two thousand five and two thousand six, followed by first round exits in the NCAA tournament. So you take the good with the bad there, where they were upset. Now, 2006 was an amazing run by Jerry McNamara as a senior. So at this point, Eric Devendorf's a freshman. Warwick has, has graduated at this point. Josh Pace has graduated. So, like, 05 was kind of the end of what was on the 03, besides McNamara still being there in 06. And what an amazing run that was. So that was fun. So you have a lot of good moments there. 07 was a total snub. 07, they were completely snubbed. I don't know how they didn't make it. This is where, at this point, it's uh, Demetrius Nichols is a big part of this team. And, right, Demetrius Nichols is a senior. Terrence Roberts is a senior. Daryl Watkins is also a senior. And, you're, and of course, Eric Devendorf, a sophomore. You're starting to see some younger players come into the mix, like Andy Routens, Orenze Onowaku. But... For Syracuse, you know, it ends up in disappointment where they where they reach the NIT. 08, kind of a similar situation where they could have made it 
07, they had much more of a case. They, they were on the bubble, didn't make it. So another NIT appearance. And this is where Dante Green was a freshman and left. Johnny Flynn was a freshman, sticks around. And then things start to turn around. 2009, Syracuse reaches the Sweet 16. And this is a season in which they, they – this was a good – you know, this was a pretty solid Syracuse team. They were a three-seed they beat James Harden and Arizona State in the second round. They lose to Blake Griffin and Oklahoma in the Sweet 16. And But there's a lot of turnover. And this is also, of course, the year where they win the six-overtime game against UConn at Madison Square Garden. So for, you know, that is obviously goes down as one of the greatest games in the history of sports, honestly. Now, I'm actually – I become a student – at Syracuse University in the in the 0910 season. And I believe my four years there were I think the the winningest four-year span of any time. So I would say that I was at Syracuse basketball-wise the best time other than if you were there d- during 03. 03 championship, nothing beats that in my opinion. Especially as being a fan, I was younger, but you know, nothing beats that. But if you take that out of the out of the equation. Being there from the 2010 to 2013 season was fun. They were really good teams. And this was kind of, the I mean, in some ways, the most recent peak of the Bayheim era. It extends a little bit further than that. And we'll talk about that a little further than that. But Bayheim, they were a one seed in 2010. Unfortunately, Rinse Onowaku goes down in the Big East tournament. And, and Syracuse eventually loses to Butler in the Sweet 16. That was disappointing. But yeah, that Onowaku injury was really, really big. 2011... Was a decent year, but you know could have been better. They that year, I think they were all. They might have been. Were they a three seed that year as well in the tournament? I think they might have been. Yeah, they were a three seed. They lost to Marquette, who was also in the Big East, and so pretty good season though. And then 2012, a really really good season, a one seed. They end up finishing overall 34 and three. And that was the Fab Mello situation. And rest in peace, Fab Mello, who has unfortunately since passed away. But Fab Mello, there was um, – and I guess that led into eventually what happened where Bayham gets suspended years later where it, it was an academic issue with Mello, with Fab Mello. I think that you know he was – there was some cheating. I, I can't remember specifically what, what happened, but I think that – the grades that he was receiving were a little bit faulty. I mean, this sort of thing did happen, but I guess maybe they found that it was a bit egregious. And so, unfortunately, Fab Mello wasn't in the mix there, which hurt. That was a really good team. But my mo- for me, you know, fond memories for the 2010 team, but 2013 might have been, probably was the worst of the four, but that team reaches the final four. That team reaches the final four. And it was the last, it was crazy. My senior year, was the last year of Syracuse being in the Big East. So pretty cool symmetry there. And then, you know, the ACC starts next season, but they reach the Final Four, they lose to Michigan. And this is where Michael Michael Carter-Williams is a sophomore. And you have seniors like Brandon Trish, James Sutherland, and Jeremy Grant is somewhat of an unknown freshman who was was really good. And there's Rakeem Christmas is on the team, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of others. And they make a really nice run. They, they knock off Indiana. That was probably the biggest moment. They knock off Indiana in the Sweet 16. Then 
the good times continue where a really good 2014 season where the most memorable moment there, Tyler Ennis is a freshman, hits a half-court shot to beat Pitt at Pitt. And, but, but Syracuse, unfortunately, goes down early. They go down in the round of 32. They lose to Dayton. So Syracuse was a three-seed. They lose to Dayton. And then 2015, Syracuse was in ineligible. So in 2015, Syracuse was ineligible. And this is where all of this, you know, stuff happens. Where they, It was a self-imposed postseason ban for an ongoing investigation into potential past infractions by the team academically. They weren't going to make it anyway. So it was self-imposed that they weren't going to make it. And then the next season is when Hopkins starts the season as head coach. Beheim takes over, and Syracuse has this magical run to the Final Four. So two times in four seasons, Syracuse is Final Four bound. And this was even more unexpected, where Syracuse gets in as a 10 seed. They almost didn't make it. I mean, this was – I remember them announcing – I was surprised. It was like one of the last announced teams – and they actually beat Dayton, ironically. And they had some breaks. Michigan State got knocked off. But ultimately, they lose to North Carolina. I mean, they lose to North Carolina in the Final Four, handedly. But the, the amazing win was they beat Virginia in the Elite Eight, a really good Virginia team, which eventually won a national championship. An, an amazing comeback led by Malachi Richardson and Tyler Lydon. Just an amazing, amazing run. You had Michael Benajay on that team. And Trevor Cooney, that 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 sixteen team, definitely some fond memories of that team. And then you know there was some slight carryover to me as a student, barely with Dewan Coleman, who you know contributed a little bit on the on the twenty thirteen Final Four team. But you have that. Then they go back to being an NIT NIT, NIT team in twenty seventeen, where that was with Andrew White and John Gillen, players like that. There was definitely um, definitely a new looking team. A lot of transfers that came in at that point. And then there's a couple of, you know, to get into it a little more quickly, things start to, you know, at this point, the powerhouse that they were in the late 2000s and the early to mid 2010s is no longer, they're basically a bubble team from here on out. But in 2018, it's a nice sweet 16 run where again, they make it in the play-in. They beat Arizona State in the play-in. Then they beat TCU and they, and they beat Michigan State, which was, you know, a really, really nice win. And Michigan State at that time was, a th- I guess they were a three seed, right? That makes sense. And then they play number two seeded Duke and they, they lose a, a close game, a really close game. You have Tyus Battle on that team, uh, Marek Dolezal, Frank Howard, was a senior, but that was a gutsy effort by that group, which again, really was right on the cusp, gets in and actually wins three games in the tournament. Then in 2019, they make it and, and, you know, and and they kind of made it, I guess for them somewhat easily. They were an eight seed, but they lose in the first round to Baylor. And at this point, Buddy is a freshman. And then 2020, of course, they weren't going to make it in 2020. They were not going to make the tournament. 2020 COVID happens, so there's no tournament anyway. And the last really good run was 2021, where Buddy Beheim really is the engineer. And Joe Girard, of course, makes an impact and others. 
as Syracuse beats San Diego State, they beat West Virginia. Syracuse was an 11 seed, and they lose to Houston handedly. So there were, and at this point, it's like, wow, how is Beheim kind of pulling this out of his ass? Like it was kind of that was impressive. Whereas before, there were disappointments in the NCAA tournament where they had these nice Big East runs, and you, and they got knocked out early here. Syracuse really has done next to nothing in the ACC tournaments. Like ever since they've been in the ACC, they have not done well in the conference tournaments, but there were a couple of really impressive runs. And so now last year didn't work out with his sons on the team. You had Cole Swider as well. And then this year, as I just said, they they go down. They weren't, you know, they weren't going to, the last two seasons, they really weren't even close. They didn't make the NIT last year and they didn't make the NIT this year. And, and that that last year was, the first year where they finished under 500 ever in Jim Beheim's coaching career. And this year they were above 500, but again, things were as bad as they've been in a while. And I just wanted to go through, I wanted to you know give Beheim his due, but also say this, I was a big, big proponent of Jim Beheim being gone. I'm very happy. Don't make no mistake about it. I'm very happy that this is over. I really am. He's, you know, he's a bit, he's a nasty guy. He, uh, you know, and look how, how he is off the court and, you know, that, I, I'm not going to judge that, but in the press conferences, he's just very irritable and, you know, cranky. I, I could use a lot of different words and, and look, it just, it's the way it is. Not very nice to some of the younger, especially some of the younger um, reporters too. He really just buries them. Um, it, it'll be, it'll be nice to have, you know, just a different face. Again, can't take away anything that he did. He 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 will go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And do I think he's a little bit overrated? I do. I do, but I'd be a fool to say that what he did, you know, is is unmatched. I mean, you know, Adrian Autry has big shoes to fill. But I'm excited that there'll be a new voice and very interested in seeing where things go from here. As far as the roster right now, you have seniors Jesse Edwards and Joe Girard, who you'd expect them to be gone. They do because of the uh, the COVID year, they can return. But the way I see it is, it's unfortunate. Girard to me would seem to be more likely to come back. Edwards, I think, is definitely gone. Jesse Edwards, I think, has a there's a bright future there. He needs to bulk up, but I think Edwards, there's you know definitely room for growth. Like there's a lot of upside with Jesse Edwards, and you know it, it's in his best interest to leave. I think he will. Gerard, there's a world in which he comes back. I don't think he will if I had to guess, but he might. But I, I really don't even want him back. I, I'm just kind of done with Joe Gerard. So I know that he's probably better than the alternative, but I kind of want Gerard to be gone. I feel like I don't think he really got much better. You know, from freshman to senior year, I, I don't think he really got better. I think you could even argue – like it, as far as I can remember, I feel like his freshman year was, was maybe his best, and that, that's just my opinion. Uh, obviously, he had some really big games, really good shooter, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think Gerard's gone. And then Judah Mintz is the other big question. Judah Mintz, I really hope he returns. And it's the, it's the classic thing, especially with Syracuse, where these players leave. The first chance they get, they leave. And so if I had to guess based on that, he probably goes. But I think it'd be wise for him to stick around. And with this coaching change, what does that mean? Behind the Autry, is it now more likely that he stays? Is it now more likely that he leaves? We'll find out. And then there's just a bunch of freshmen with some bright, uh, some bright futures. But if you do lose those, lose all three of those players that I just mentioned, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. So I think Syracuse is in a tough spot. Although, if a lot, and also Benny Williams, Benny Williams, the sophomore, he might transfer as well. And it's kind of you know bittersweet where Benny 
had a great game against Wake today. It's been a really tough two seasons. And for it was kind of good riddance, but now it's like, wait a minute, like maybe we want this guy to stick around. So there could be a lot of turnover. We'll see. But long story short, Jim Beheim out after 47 seasons as head coach, almost 60 years at Syracuse University. And now Adrian Autry is the successor. Adrian Autry is the new head coach at Syracuse University. It's the end of an era. And it'll be very interesting to see where things go from here.